0: Welcome to One Foot In. On the ground, we speak to all stages of employees to help you understand the nitty-gritty behind their LinkedIn. And through their stories, you might learn how to find and provide the most value to your role and company. You could be an early-stage career employee who is wondering if the challenges that you face are experienced by your peers as well. And if so, how do they overcome it? Or you could be a mid-stage employee looking to add another tip in your toolbox of tips and tricks. Whatever it is, we'll learn from the people who matter because they are on the ground, just like you. But first, our partners. Assemble is a group of Telegram channels that focuses on bringing communities together with just a smartphone and the internet. If you're looking for your next gig, and want to find a quick job out there, they can connect you to the right employers. Just follow them on Telegram at SGQuickJobs. Link is in the description. Oh, by the way, if you're looking to advertise in any of their channels, we're working together and can produce for you both a Telegram shout-out and a podcast package. Just drop us an email at onefootin at oneupmediapodcast.com. Email is also in the description. Now back to One Foot In. In the last episode of On The Ground, episode 7 of season 3, we've gathered three employees, Jaylene, Jade and Vanessa, to share how do they ramp up to their jobs. By the way, if you've forgotten who they are or you're just dropping by for this episode, here's a snippet of all three of them introducing themselves.
1: I'm currently working in ExpressVPN as a product designer where I design for my company's app and website.
0: That's Jaylin, by the way. Here's Jade.
1: Hi, I'm currently an analyst at Google and previously
2: I was at Grab.
0: And here's Vanessa.
2: Hello, I'm Vanessa and I'm currently working as a product specialist at Google. Um, I've had a 12-year-long career
0: both across Singapore as well as Shanghai. In this episode, we'll talk about how they found their social circle at work. If you're short of time, we've summarized it at the end. We're not at work to make friends, but it sure as hell helps to have one. The real question for many of us isn't if we want friends, but it is how to find and make one and what does it cost us? I mean, do we really need to invest into learning about wine or engage in so many coffee chats that we end work really late? According to Jaylin and Jade, it starts off with intent.
3: I think naturally when I work with people, like in, instead of just delivering output, I try, try to also get to know them on a personal level. And usually it goes from there, right? Like when you have a few uh, friends and then you, you grow your support group from there, I, I try to stay genuine. <laughs> uh, and I have a genuine interest in people to get to know
1: them better or learn from them. I think just Be who you are, stay authentic. Don't try too hard and don't try to be someone you're not just to build, you know, social capital. If you are genuine, you attract and meet the right kind of people which will allow you to continuously expand your social circle. Make friends with the intention to get to know others genuinely and not with the sole intention, you know, to gain something out of
0: it. You've probably heard a lot on authenticity and being genuine. So we had to ask the tough question, which was, how do you be authentic? For Jaylin, it's about engaging with the community within the company and to make it easy for people to engage back.
1: So my company also communicates um, via Slack, which is like a business communication platform. So sometimes people will post things like you know news articles, um, random jokes, books they like, pictures of their pets and more. I will always tend to react to this post um, and I give replies just so I could build some sort of presence um, within the company amongst uh, other people and that you know my colleagues, they will know that I exist. So it also allows you to find out um, who you share common interests with so that you can use that topic as a conversation starter with the person next time. And this may sound kind of stalker-like, but I always check my colleagues' calendar to see how busy or packed they are if I do intend to kind of like chat them up. For example, if I know they have a lot of meetings or deadlines to meet for that particular day or week, I don't want to be bothering them um, too much with anything that's not important. However, if their calendar is looking pretty clear, I think it's okay to ask them if they'd like to, you know, grab coffee, uh, go to the pantry to kind of like look for some snacks or just hang out for a bit after a meeting we have in common and to just, you know, chat about life in general to get uh, to know them better.
0: But for Jade, it's about the mindset, coming into the conversation with curiosity rather than to gain rapport.
3: So I think... It's not really about thinking about, okay, I need to network, but rather I want to make more friends and I want to learn more about other people and uh, learn about their journey, like why, how, how did they end up here um, and what do they want to do next. I think that is a very natural way of approaching it. Usually, I have a practice of sending an email first and asking if it was okay to schedule time on their calendar. So it could be something uh, as simple as, hi, I want to check in on this a problem is it okay if i schedule 30 minutes with you or something like hi this is a problem that i have this is the approach that i'm doing what do you think let me know if it's easier to chat over 30 minutes so it, i think people are genuinely nice and there's a collaborative spirit right expect as, uh, as long as you are respectful in the way you ask them i'm sure they will be happy to help
0: Hi everyone! It's Greg here. Yes, I'm a living person. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but if One Foot In was any help to you, could you quickly give us a 5-star rating on Spotify? We'll add 10 seconds of awkward elevator music while waiting. Thanks so much! Awesome, you're the best. Now back to One Foot In. And for Vanessa, it's about discovering similarities, which allows conversations to flow quite naturally on topics that everyone is already interested in.
2: I managed to establish uh, social support with my teammates because we have a common interests. Um, like half of us in the team have pets. So it was very easy for all of us to gel and talk about like, pet-related things, right? Um, and another thing is also because um, we were all, most of us were expats in, in, the, in that country and in that team. So we had the common pain points like filing tax, rental woes, and stuff like that. Um, commiserating about these kind of things helped us to bond and helped to establish that social support.
0: We have also asked all three of them how long did they take before they managed to establish their social circles through being authentic. We've kept that at the end. Of the podcast. But we wanted to emphasize that all three drove authenticity by just chasing the simple occurrences in life that naturally led to camaraderie and to make or find space for this to occur. As far as we can tell, they aren't working ridiculous hours just to allow for this human interaction to happen. But you might be thinking that this strategy has its limits. It typically works for people who have the space to communicate these people are your peers as we climb up the corporate ladder your superior's time becomes increasingly precious in fact looking at their calendar you're better off booking for a michelin star restaurant in advance with these group of people how do you build rapport here's vanessa speaking
2: i try to come at it from the perspective of, okay, how can I add value to this person's time? Um, and this definitely works for me because I hate having my time wasted. So I always try to consider like, hey, okay, if I want to get to know you as a person, that's great, but um, what else can I share or do for you that will be helpful? Yeah.
0: Vanessa also shared how sometimes to build rapport, she had to change the way she communicates for that to happen.
2: This happened a lot more when I was working in digital and creative agencies than in google so for some context right um previously before i joined google when i was in creative agencies i had to work with creatives and sometimes these creatives could be very very senior creative directors who had like maybe 10-15 years more experience than i do and certain projects that, that came in they could be like very boring projects right and it's not particularly enticing or motivating for them to work on it for various reasons some of these projects just you know won't win, won't win awards they're boring but they pay the bills and therefore someone has to get it done um, I think in these in, in these cases, my factual and to the point style of communication won't fly so I found that, um, for such situations and working with folks like that, right, it's very important to find a common pinpoint and to show them that, hey, we're really in this together and being able to relate to, you know, their struggle, or their challenge helps.
0: But we want to talk about bringing value per minute because we think it is a useful way to also filter out the activities and topics that you might have thought to take their time away. We cannot avoid the elephant in the room that they aren't paid highly and given tons of stress just so that they can be friends with us. But the silver lining is that value per minute doesn't have to be restrictive. You can provide value through different experiences that they never did before, which is still aligned to your own interests. My own example is bringing people through a craft beer tasting session. And because I genuinely love beer, I never feel inauthentic doing so. Even if I do, I forget about it the very next morning and focus on my headache instead, it's a win-win or a win-lose, maybe a lose-lose, if we all have headaches. Mm. It explains why no one accepted my invite for the second round. In summary, coming into a conversation hoping to get rapport doesn't drive authenticity. What drives authenticity amongst peers are the everyday things. For Jaylin, it was about engaging with the community. She also made sure that her coworkers had time to engage. For Jade, it was about learning more from people, asking the why genuinely. For Vanessa, it was about finding shared interests. While it's also important to be authentic among superiors to capture their time meaningfully, think about how you can bring value to them. Once your social support system is ready, it's time to impress the company with excellent work. Except, how do you go about doing that? But first, our partners. With Career Tracks by Talent Tribe. Figure out which career path is right for you, how to break in, and how to succeed in them. Whether you're starting out in your career, trying to get a career switch, or just looking to get better in the career path that you're on, you'll find practical advice insider tips and hear industry professionals share their personal career journeys. This includes product management, management consulting, data analytics, SEO, inside sales, and over hundred other career paths. Experience career tracks for yourself and learn more about their upcoming webinar. Link is in the description. Glins.com is a great website to connect you to your dream company. With over 1.5 million professionals connected to over 30,000 companies so far. If you are a business owner, Glintz also offers recruitment services and offshoring solutions. So go check out Glints.com. that is L I N T S.com. Now back to One Foot In. We'll continue to follow all three of them to explore how they found early wins in their fields of creativity and analytics. It will be out next month, episode 15. So follow us if you haven't already and you won't miss a thing. Thank you for staying all the way to the end. As promised, here's their reply on how long they took to find their social circle.
1: In my previous companies, it took me about, I think, a half a year or a little more for me to feel like I truly have found the right kind of support and that I am familiar with the people in the company and the way they work.
3: I think. For me, it's always been my managers, my seniors and my team. So I think I've been very lucky in this aspect. And I would say it just comes when you have new projects or you you meet new people, you collaborate and work with more people, then it just comes naturally.
2: My previous role, because I went into the office every day, it was very, very quick. I think I settled in within a couple of weeks. Yeah, and because we were able to travel, even though my teams were across Greater China, um, having the opportunity to travel and meet them in person really helped me to settle in very quickly. In my current role now, I'm still establishing this social support. It's uh, COVID, so basically everybody's working from home. We only interact online through virtual meetings, and half my team are not even in Singapore. So to be honest, I think in in today's circumstances i actually do not know i don't have an answer i do not know how long it will take but either way i view this as a learning experience so i'm not really feeling very hung up about it yeah